In Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 6, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stroll rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the two men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. Some great words. Great words. Are you living the kind of life this morning? Do you feel like you're living the life that you were created to live? Turn things around a little bit and talk about you. As you sit here this morning, doesn't matter if, you, if this is the first time you've ever been to church before in your life. Okay, let's put that all that aside. All right, we're all in this together. We're all people. We're all here together. And I'm asking the question, do you feel like you are living the life that you were created to live? And if your answer is no, have you ever taken the, taken the time to just kind of stand back and ask yourself why? Why you're not living that life? Why is it you're not living the life that you feel like you were created to live? Now, it may be because you've chosen to walk in the wrong direction. You know, you, you don't really know much. I'm not really blaming you. I'm not up here kind of pointing my finger. You, oh, you sinners walk in the wrong direction. That's not what I'm saying. Just asking the question. You ever stop to really think about it? Maybe you're walking in the wrong direction. No one's ever really told you about God. I mean, you, hear, you know there's a God and you heard Jesus' name before, but you never really have had the chance to sit down and someone explain to you, that you really are walking in the wrong direction, and maybe here's a directional change you should make. And if you're choosing this morning to even think about making that change, God is calling you, I'm telling you right now, because he made every single one of us, he created us, God is calling us to walk a similar path that Jesus walked. Now you saw that video, you're like, I'm not up for that. And what I'm saying is, it's going to obviously be a, 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 a walk, of sacrifice, a path of sacrifice. There's going to be some sacrifice. You're going to have to give some things up. You have to change some of the things you're doing. It's going to be a life of sacrifice, but ultimately a path that leads to transforming power that can transform your life from what it is right now to what it truly could be. That purpose that God has created you for. Before you can actually make that kind of change, though, like I said, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna have to think through a, a little bit of this. You're going to have to, get, you're gonna have to lay aside, put aside some of the way you're living right now and really begin and be willing to, to live the kind of life that God wants you to live, which means you're going to have to learn a little bit. You're going to have to grow spiritually a little bit. You're going to have to talk to him a little more, kind of get in communion with God so that, so that you can understand how he wants you to walk, how he wants you to live. We need to be, what I'm saying is we need to be willing to lay aside some of the things that are holding us back. God knows what they are, and really, you, you, know, you may know what they are. You need to be willing to, to let go, to, to put aside, to lay down some of the things that are holding you back. Maybe it's worry for you. You're a worrier. You worry about everything. Instead of giving it over to God and trusting God, you're just a worrier. Maybe it's anger. 
you know, you're angry about something. Something's happened and the, the bitterness and anger in your heart is just overwhelming. The fact that I'm even bringing it up this morning is aggravating to you. You thought you'd come to church and hear a simple sermon about Jesus raising the dead, not about your own anger issues, right? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's, that's it. Something has spurred you on, the anger, the bitterness. Maybe it's bitterness. They go together. You know, you're bitter. You're ticked about something. But that may be holding you back. Maybe it's fear, you know, some, some people are just fearful. Your, your parents, you know, they, they instilled certain things in you. You kind of grew up a little bit fearful. Maybe that's lingered and you're living your life in fear. And that's one of the reasons you can't walk the road that God wants you to walk. Maybe it's lies. And I'm not talking about you're a liar. I'm talking about critical words. Maybe some critical words were spoken to you a long time ago or throughout your life, or maybe right now you're hearing some critical words and they're, they're really affecting you. And instead of believing what God says about you, you're believing the lies of what critical, those critical words have, have said in the past. And so you're, you're struggling with that. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's a painful experience that you've been through. Maybe it's greed, okay, or your selfishness. Or right, now I'll pick on you. Maybe you're just, maybe you're selfish. You need to work on your selfishness. You're focused only on yourself. If you're really going to walk the road that God wants you to walk, you're going to have to give up that selfishness. Maybe it's, maybe it's some habits. Okay. Maybe it's some addictions. You know, people are, you're addicted to something specific. I don't know what it is. We all have different things that we're prone to be pulled toward. No one in this room, okay, is perfect, including me. We have to all be careful because the, the evil one knows where we're most prone to be pulled. And maybe he's got you locked in some kind of habit or some kind of addiction. And that won't allow you to walk the road that God has called you to walk. I see, I think a lot of our problem is that we, we often listen to the voices of the past, That creates a lot of what I've been talking about. Someone's told you something. Someone's imprinted something upon you. And those voices from the past keep on talking to you. And so and so you're still angry or you're bitter. You're still you still have that. Maybe maybe you're still controlled by your fear. Maybe you're still controlled by that addiction or that habit. So those things are having an effect on you. But haven't you ever wondered what your life would have been like? If not for that particular event, whatever it is in your life, those particular critical words, haven't you ever sat back and asked yourself, what would my life be like? What would God have had in store for me if it wasn't for that event before those lies clouded my vision? And what God would want me to do before the sin of that habit robbed me of my dream. You ever thought about that? What would your life, what, what could your life have been like if, if, if your mind wasn't clouded by all those things, those negative, those experiences or those lies or, or those habits that have robbed you? Maybe it's your fear has paralyzed you and, listen, kept you from exploring your true passions. Every single person here, if I got a chance to sit with you one-on-one and I tell me, tell me what's on your heart. What do you really think God created you for and created you to do? And after a little while of him and Hall on and thinking that you might be embarrassed to actually speak up and tell me what really you'd love to do, it would come out. What I always wanted, I always felt like I could do. What I always felt like I was gifted to do. And here it would come. But someone robs you of your vision. Someone robs you of your dream. Fear paralyzed you from from trying to step out and do what God created you to do, what God wants you to do. Haven't you ever wondered what you have been missing? So many people that I interact with, so many people feel like their true self, you know exactly what I'm talking about, 
your true self. And your true self, a lot of other people, even the closest people around you, don't even know who you are. And so many people feel like at some point in their lives, their true self has been dead and buried. It's been crucified, it's been dead, and your true self is buried. And you live like, you, you live like your life is over. You, you, you feel like your life is over, and you kind of live like your life is over. And I know, I know we're sometimes afraid to step outside of our comfort zone because we have those feelings. We, we're sometimes afraid we, you know, what if we, what if we fail again? We tried that and we failed and we got that, we got criticized for it and we, you know, we tried that business, we tried to do this, we tried and we failed and so therefore, you know, we, what if we fail again? You know, what if, what if I, gosh, what if I, what if I, I don't know if I could go through that. What if I hear, what if I step out and try to be myself, the person that God created me to be, and I hear those critical words again? I know the person who said I'm maybe even dead, but what if someone else comes up and says the same thing that really stuck me so hard? It was like, no, like a nail in my heart kind of thing. What if, what if I hear those critical words again? What if I, you know, what if I get hurt again? It's easier. It's easier, Pastor. I thought I'd come here and just hear a simple sermon about whatever. But I, now, now you're starting to put you're starting to hit home a little bit because I'm not sure I want to be hurt again. See, in many cases, and here's what really bothers me. Okay, this is just personality. In many cases, what I believe is that the enemy has knocked the fight right out of you. The enemy's come in and over a period of time, slowly pounded you and knocked the fight right out of you. And so you're kind of staggering around, really not knowing who you are, not knowing where you're going. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to tell you something. I want to remind you of something this morning and the reason that we're here. Jesus rose from the grave. Okay? His resurrection power. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Don't you think that the enemy was just rejoicing when he was hanging on the cross thinking, took care of that. And something really bad happened from their side of the story, okay? Jesus rose from the grave. And I want to encourage you this morning. You may think you're down and out. You may think that the last, you've taken the last beating you can possibly take. You may think the enemies knocked you out for the count. You know, it's like, you remember that Rocky, you remember Rocky, the first Rocky movie? Rocky's kind of staggering and he's laying on the ground and, and you know, and, 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 his, and, his, and his, his coach is basically saying to him, get up, you bum, get up, you bum, Right? He's going to encourage it. Come on, get up, Rock. Get up, Rocky. Get up. See, Jesus got up. And because of the power of the resurrection, you can get up too. There's not so much of a beating that you've taken that I've taken, okay, in our lives. And I've taken a beating in my life. But there's not so much of something that, that the enemy can throw at me that Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection, can't help me get up. That's what Jesus is saying. Get up. Get up. And not only is he telling me to get up, guess what? He lifts me up. Through the power of his resurrection, he lifts me up. The enemy cannot overcome what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He can redeem your shattered life. He can restore what was robbed from you. He can renew the life that was meant to be yours. That's what the resurrection is all about. It's not, some, it's not just some story we hear once a year. It's a life that we live 365 days a year. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a true event. It really happened. I can spend, if you want to call me and talk to me about it, I can prove to you 
within a reasonable doubt, okay, because no one is going to prove anything to you completely, but I can show you through history, through logic, through reason, through everything, that Jesus Christ's resurrection was real. He really rose from the dead, and that has an implication for your life and my life. The enemy doesn't get the last word in my life. The enemy doesn't get to write the last chapter of your life. I love this verse in in Joel 2.25. It says this. It reminds us. This is what what God says. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Man, I don't know about you, but in some people's lives, and even my life early on, locusts ate a lot. They kind of ate a lot. They really had an effect on me on how I thought about myself and how I lived my life and the fears I had inside me. The locust kind of devoured a lot of who I was. But you know what? God restored what the locusts have eaten. God gave me back my true identity. God told me who I was. You see, the last days, of the, 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 the days leading up to Easter are not some kind of nice little bedtime story, you know, filled with flowers and candy and, and, and you know, and, and bunnies and things. I mean, that's not what Easter story is all about. The, the, the Easter story, the days leading up to Easter was a bloodbath, basically. And the, and the disciples, the ones who followed Jesus Christ, they were, they were just overwhelmed. And just when they thought all was lost, just when they thought all was just taken away from them, he rose from the grave. He won. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He won. And that means, my friends, that you won and I won. Because of what Jesus Christ did by rising from the grave, we have won. Listen, they beat him. Think about it. They beat him. They, they insulted him. They stuck a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him. They did everything they could do to him. They stripped him naked and they hung him on a cross. They hung him there on that cross. But he thought about you and he thought about me. He thought about us. He thought about us and, 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 and he thought about when he thought about us, uh, defeat was not an option for him. Defeat was not an option. They put him in the grave and they left him for dead, but he would not be contained. I love it. It's the greatest story in the world. It's the greatest event that ever happened. They stuck him in a grave and they left him for dead. They thought this is over. Christianity's dead. This, this loud mouth, this guy ran around speaking all this smack and everything. Now he's dead. We stick him in the grave. It's all over. But he, he would not be denied. Nothing on earth or in hell was going to keep him from fulfilling his destiny. That is the God that we worship. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He denied the grip of death. He denied it. He would not allow it to hold him down. He went beyond the boundaries of the grave. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, love overcame anger. Love overcame anger. Passion overcame those lies. All those lies that you've been told all of your life, that's all they are is lies. But the passion of Jesus Christ going to the cross, raising from the grave, tells you a different story about yourself. You're that important. If you were the last person breathing on this earth, Jesus Christ would have gone to to the death for you and rose again for you personally. That's how important you are. His passion overcame those lies. His hope overcame pain. His desire overcame discouragement. The blessing overcame the bitterness. 
Because of what Jesus Christ did, it gives us new life. When he was dead, if he was dead and we were talking about a dead man, it'd be nice to talk about someone who lived. And I love reading about the, the founding fathers and love George Washington. Great man. Love, I'm encouraged by him, but he's dead. Okay, still encourage me. But this is not the same thing. Jesus Christ is not in the grave. He is risen. And because he is risen, I can have new life. I can have that abundant new life that Jesus Christ offers because he proved everything he said by raising from the grave. See, his resurrection reminds us that our life has a purpose. Every single person here. And I don't care if you're not very religious. I don't care if it's your first time here. I'm thrilled to have you here this morning. We are overwhelmed and thrilled that you took the time to get up on a rainy day and come and sit here. And you're here for a specific purpose. And the purpose is for me to remind you that this isn't a game. This isn't some religious thing that we do. A real, a real Jesus walked this real earth, was really put on a cross, and really rose from the dead to remind you that you have a purpose for your life. And that That's why you're here this morning, so I can remind you of why he died, why he rose again. It teaches us that we should never give up. The resurrection teaches us that we should never give up because in Christ all things are possible. I know your life stinks right now for some of you. I know it's hard. I know you've been beaten up. I I feel like I've been dragged behind a car. I don't know about you the last couple of months. I've never been this, you know, had all these things going on in my life. I mean, in the, in the 48 years I've been alive, the last month has probably been the physically most challenging time I've ever spent, except for that kidney stone. But, um, <laughs> but you know what? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that we can overcome. We can overcome. But the question of how much you can change largely depends on how much of a burden you're carrying. And I understand that after this many years of ministry. I could sit here and talk to you all day long about this and try to help you understand. And everything I'm telling you is true. But what you're doing right now, some of you, you won't let go of that burden. You won't let go of what's been hold- it's holding on to you and you're kind of holding on to it a little bit. And you're not going to be able to make the changes you need to make. You're not going to ever be able to draw from the power that God has to offer you unless you realize that there's some burdens in your life that you're carrying around that you need to let go of. You have to ask yourself, because it's difficult to change if you're being weighed down. See, you really need to ask yourself, what, what is it? What specific areas of my life are burdening me? What, what issues in my life are really weighing me down, are, are having that kind of effect on me so that I can't shake it loose and move on and be the person that God has created me to be? See, today God is calling you. He's calling you to pick up your cross and venture beyond yourself, your own self-imposed limitations. And see, a lot of it's self-imposed. Your burden, you're, you've got those, you, and, and, and God is saying to you, listen, I want you to do this morning, is I want, you to, I, want you to lay, I want you to lay those things down and leave them here, leave them with me. I died for all those things, all those lies, all those events, all those experiences, I died for all that, I, you can give it to me, I want you to pick up your cross, and I want you to go beyond the, the, your, own, your own limitations, your own self-imposed limitations, because from God's perspective, There are no limitations on your life. 
He knows you've gone through that. He understands that. He understands it. But you know what's great about you know what's great about being a Christian? Two things I love about being a believer in Jesus Christ. Number one, when I screw up, I'm forgiven if I ask for forgiveness. Freedom. I have freedom in Christ. I make a mistake. I have freedom. The other great thing about, about being a believer in Jesus Christ is, is that God can take the worst of circumstances. He can take the most horrendous circumstances that we go through, that the life can throw at us, and he can turn the worst of circumstances into the best of circumstances. He can take everything you've ever been through in your life and, and use it for your good. The Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. And that basically means he can take all the sludge and all the slime and all the garbage and all the lies and all the whatevers and all the experience that you've been through, okay, let's just call that stuff manure, okay? We'll just call it manure to be nice, all right? He takes all that manure. You know what he does? He plants a nice seed in that manure. He plants a lot of seeds in that manure. You know how, how, how do things grow in manure? Really good, right? And that's what God does. He takes God says I, he'll take everything in your life that was meant to harm you, that was meant to affect you, that was meant to knock you down, that was meant to knock you out, that was meant to take you out of the game. That's the plan of the enemy, take you out of the game. He takes all that, he mixes it into this nice little fertilizer, and he plants all kinds of seeds in there. And you know what happens? Your life is completely transformed. It's new. It's different. Something new grows out of the old. He brings beauty out of the ashes because that's how amazing he is. You know, so today God is calling us to, to lay aside those things. I love this quote by Theodore Roosevelt. He said, far, far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. I call that living a mediocre life. That's what I call it. And Jesus is saying, I give you, because of my resurrection, that power is a part of you. I give you the ability to stand back up, to walk with me, to walk with me. You know, Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for us. He was willing to sacrifice his life for the call that God had on his life. But you know what's interesting? He's not asking most of us to die for him. He was willing to die for us. That was his call. And he was willing to sacrifice his life for his calling. But Jesus isn't calling most of us to die for him. What he's calling us, he's calling us to live for him. He wants us to live for him. It's a simple story here. It's really simple. Christianity is not that complex. Jesus Christ died for you so that you can live for him. And, and God's call is a call to live outside of yourself. It's a challenge to leave behind your life of mediocrity and to experience the abundant life that God has for you, that he created you for. That's what he wants. He wants you to leave that mediocre kind of, you know, whatever life you're leading now, that, that life where you say, this is not what I was created to do. This is not what I was meant to do. This is not what I was purposed to do. And he's saying to you, because of my resurrection, you can leave that mediocre life behind and begin to live the abundant life that I have created you to live. God is calling each one of us to pick up our cross and to follow him, 
to follow him, to be the people, uh, to, 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 to be the people that he is, he is, he's created us to be, you know, because of his cross and resurrection. Here's the amazing thing. The people in Jesus day. When, when, they, when, they, when they, they heard about the symbol of the cross, their, their idea of the symbol of the cross was, was death and suffering. The cross symbolized death and humiliation. But when Jesus rose from the grave, it then symbolized hope and new life. When we see the cross, that's what we should see. We should see hope. We should see new life. That I can, do, I can have a do-over in my life. I can keep having a do-over. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. If he didn't raise from the grave, my friends, then we're wasting our time here. There is no Christianity. But if he did, and he did, then everything I'm saying is true. And every single one of you, every single one of you sitting here today, whatever you've been through, your life is not over. The last chapter of your book has not yet been written. Because the enemy is not allowed to write the last chapter of your book. God gives you the pen and allows you to write the last chapter of your own story. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the power to write an ending to our story. To write an ending that will truly change not only our own lives, but the lives of those who are around us. See, his passion led him to the cross, but the power of God freed him from the grave. His passion, his desire, his love for you led him to the cross, but it was, it was, his, it was the power of God that freed him from the grave. And we sit here today and we think, oh, that was a long time ago and God doesn't love me as much as he loved him and he's not going to do the same thing. And Well, he's obviously not going to do the same thing he did through Jesus Christ's life, but the Bible tells us I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God has a specific purpose for me and that God's going to use me in a specific way. And the passion that led him to the cross and the power that freed him from the grave is the same power that can work in our lives to free us from whatever it is that's holding us in bondage. I want you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes for a second. I want you to close your eyes. And, and here's, 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 here's what we need to do. To truly understand what it means to pick up your cross, I want us to reflect on the last days of Jesus. Just for a second with our eyes closed. What are the last days of Jesus here on earth? What were they like? I want us to walk with him to Jerusalem. I want you to follow his steps as he walked angrily into that temple. And then come with him as he stepped wearily into Gethsemane. Before his, before his crucifixion, where he sweat, literally sweat blood. Just feel the emotional exhaustion. You know what it's like. Not exactly that, but you understand when you're emotionally exhausted. Just try to feel his emotional exhaustion. And then after that, he's, he has to walk painfully up the hill to a waiting cross noisy, that treacherous road, chaotic and just seemingly endless. Going through all that he went through and then powerfully, they put him in a tomb and then powerfully out of the tomb, out of the tomb, the freedom 
the freedom. He's been through it all. He's been through the, he's been through the ringer. He's, you, have, you, you can use whatever words you want. He's been to the, the grinder, and then all of a sudden he's free. The exhilaration from death to life, from darkness to light. Now, as you're, as you're thinking that all through, I want you to reflect on your own life, on your own path, just for a moment with me. You see, no matter who you are, no matter who you are here this morning, we all have our own walk to Jerusalem. Man, some of us, we've walked the path of hollow religion, right? Been there, done that. We've limped through the valley of disappointment. We've journeyed down the narrow and lonely road of rejection. Know what it's like to be rejected. We've climbed over the mountain of chaos and confusion, not understanding why things are happening in our lives. We've been through all those things. And now Jesus calls us to continue this journey. But he calls us to continue this journey by his side. That's what he's calling us to do. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy path. My friends, and you can look up now, my friends, it's going to be a path where we understand what the end what the what the end result is we know what the end is we know in the end when we walk that path with him cuz you're listen let's just be honest where you've walked through some of these things not the same as Jesus but I'm trying to help you reflect on what he went through and then look at your own life we all have our walk to Jerusalem in different ways and each one of us has to walk that path. And Jesus is saying, listen, I don't want you to walk it alone anymore. I don't want you to walk it alone any longer. I want to do it with you. And like I said, it's not going to be an easy path. We know where it ends. It ends in the transforming power of his resurrection. That's where it ends. You end up living out the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life. You lay aside all those things and you have freedom. You see, the the road of life has led to this place on this day at this time to answer this question for every one of you and for myself. you, You are here for a reason on this day, at this time, in this place, to answer this question. Are you ready to become the person that God has created you to be? It's, are you ready? Are you ready to become the person that God... I don't care if you are 94 years old and you've never come to church before in your life. I'm asking you the question, are you ready to live the life that God has created you to live? If you're in junior high or in high school, do not sit here and say, well, wait till I get out of college and I'll really start to live for Jesus. That's not the question I'm asking this morning. God is asking the question of every single one of us. Are we ready to live the life that God has created us to live? For some of you, that means laying... That means laying laying down your own way of life, your old way of life, and starting a new life with Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, listen, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I love that. I love it. I'm sorry I love it. I, I love the idea of being renewed day and day and day and day after day. 
But there's a time in your life when you ask Christ to come into your life and he says, the old is gone, the new has come. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, we read this. But now, listen, you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. It it means walking away from the past and beginning a new life with Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about here. That's exactly what we're talking about. John 10.10 says this. Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, the thief comes only to steal. Listen, this, and you've experienced this. The thief, the one that wants to destroy your life, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Just for a moment, just for a moment, try not to think about the fact that you're in church. Okay? That you, just, just for a moment. Just focus on your life. What kind of life do you want to live? And I'm telling you something right now. Whether you make a decision or not to follow God or not, you are going to walk down some really difficult roads in your life. The question you have to ask yourself this morning is, do you want to continue to walk down those roads, those paths, those whatever they are, alone or with God? It's really simple. Do you want to continue to walk the life you've been walking and walk the road you've been walking without him or with him? John eight twelve tells us when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever, listen, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it, it makes it clear. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His son purifies us from all sin. We get to start over. I don't care what you've done in your past. You get a do-over. God doesn't remember it. He separates it as far as the east is from the west. He remembers your sin no more. You start over. He lifts you up. He He brushes you off. He sends you on your path. And he says, I will take every miserable, horrible, difficult, terrible event that ever happened in your entire life, and I'll use it for your good. The enemy will not get the better of you, regardless of what the enemy has done to you in the past. The past is the past. I am the past, the present, and the future, and I'll use all those things to help fulfill what I have called you to do. Are you willing to go that far? Are you willing to walk with him this morning? Are you willing to take those steps? Listen, are you tired of trying to do it all on your own? That's the question I'm asking. I don't see how some of you guys do it. I really don't. I don't see how some of you walk in this life that we all have to experience. If you're more than four years old in this room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't see how you walk in this life by yourself. So you have to ask yourself, do you want to do it all alone or do you want him to lead you? And, and if it's your desire to follow God this morning, then let's just bow our heads. We'll close off. Let's just bow our heads right now. Let's bow our heads. And let's just talk to him. We're not, we're not talking about some God somewhere out there doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. He is present with us right here through his Holy Spirit. Let's just talk to him. If it's your desire to have that relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, and here's what I'm saying. We're all born something. I'm, you know, I'm not a Muslim, so I'm a Christian. I'm not this, so I'm that, or whatever else. We're all born something, but at some point in your life, you have to make a decision to follow God. That's what I'm talking about this morning, making a decision to follow God. 
So I'm going to pray this prayer. And if it's something in your heart that you that you you're saying, you know what, I'm sick of doing this on my own. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. I believe what pastor is saying this morning. I do. I don't understand it all. I'm not a theologian. I don't understand every little 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 detail, but I do understand and believe what he's saying this morning. It's truth. The Bible's true. If that's your heart, then just pray this simple prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it to yourself. Lord, I want to walk with you. I no longer want to travel this road alone. I want to live in the power of your resurrection. Please take my hand, Lord, and let me walk by your side. Carry me if necessary. Lord, lead me to your purpose for my life. If that's your prayer this morning, if that's your prayer today, I want you to just reach up your hand as a symbol of just reaching up to God's hand and holding on to his hand just for a moment. Reach it up. Just reach up your hand and hold it. And just anybody who's, you know, just hold it up just for a second and put it back down as a symbol of just reaching out to God and saying, that's what I want, Lord. I want to hold your hand. I don't want to walk alone anymore. I need it. Remember when your dad used to take your tiny little hand in his hand and walk you through? And it, we could, it could be dark and terrible and scary, but when your dad held your hand or your mom held your hand, especially your dad, because he was tough, all fear went away because dad was there. Reach up and just hold your daddy's hand. That's who he is. Our father is our dad and he wants to have a relationship with us. For others now, for others now who are in this church, I have a different commitment that I want you to think about. For those who, who know Christ already, God is asking you, I want you to just bow your heads with me, continue to bow your heads and listen to what I'm saying. God is asking, how far are you willing to go that's what God is asking, and today's your chance to answer. It's time, my friends, to put to death the things that are holding you back and start to live a life worthy of the calling that you have in Jesus Christ. It's time to pick up your cross and start to live with the passionate life you were created to live. That's what God wants for you. It's time to start living that kind of passionate life, the one that he's given to you, the one that you chose when you asked him to come into your life. It's time to start living that out. It's time to break free from the things that are keeping you in bondage. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. You've gone back to some of those things. You're holding on to some of those things. You've never set those things free. It's time to break free from that bondage and experience the life that awaits those who go beyond the boundaries of their own limitations. My friends, through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's time to claim your freedom. You are free. You just haven't claimed it yet. You are, you have the power of the resurrection living in you. You just haven't claimed it yet. Freedom from your past failures, from your fears, from your worries, from your hang-ups, your habits. Freedom from your hurts. Freedom from those things that you think you still need. If you know Jesus Christ and have not been living in the power of his resurrection and you want to start right now, what I want you to do is just quickly do the same thing. I want you to reach up your hand and say, that is what I want from you, Lord. Hold my hand. Just reach up. If you're a believer and that's what you're, what you're wanting this morning, I don't want everyone just to have to do it. I mean, in your heart of hearts, that that's what you want. You're sick and tired of being a follower of Jesus Christ, not living like one. Today's your day. Just reach up your hand and offer it. Here's what John 8.36 says. John 8.36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. My friends, I want you to stand up with me. I want you to stand up. 
stand up as we close this song. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. It's Easter Sunday. Someone brought you here. You didn't really want to come, but with all of my heart, I thank you so much for being here. Everything I told you this morning was the truth. Anything you've heard before this about yourself and who you are has been a, if it's if it's been negative or discouraging or belittling is a complete and utter lie. God does not make mistakes. God has a purpose for your life. He's called you to live free live freely in him, and I want to celebrate that as we close with this song this morning. Let's just sing our hearts out.